Amen. I got just a simple thought for you this morning. Amen. And the message, amen, and it's this, God's, God's recipe for revival. God's recipe for revival. You know, we probably all got our favorite recipes, right? Those ones that have been passed down from, from grandma or from aunts or from those things. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, grandma's, uh, what is it, cornbread dressing or whatever you want to call it. Uh, maybe it's mama's, uh, you know, uh, chicken and dumplings, or, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, an aunt's uh, chocolate pie, or whatever the case may be, amen, uh, it may be that Boston butt that Kelly, amen, cooked for us at the family fun day, amen, because that was pretty good, I don't know if everybody got a chance to eat that, but that was delicious, amen, but, uh, amen, it's some, sometimes we've got those favorite recipes, but, amen, you know, understand those of you that cook, and you cook those recipes, especially if it's something that's passed down from, from mama, from grandma, or those kind of things, I mean, you got to get the recipe just right, you got to get the right ingredients, and you got to mix them together in the right way, <laughs> Uh, and uh, you got to cook them at the right time, and you got to have the right stuff, all those kind of things. If you get it right, if you get the ingredients right, I mean, sometimes we get it close to what mama's tasted like or what grandma's tasted like. Sometimes we can't get it exactly, amen, but you're never going to get there if you don't get the ingredients right and you don't mix them together right, amen? We've got to have those things together if it's going to turn out, amen, the way that we want it to, amen? But I'm, I've got a hunger this morning for something that's just a little bit different, amen, than the natural food. I've got a hunger this morning for a move of God in our lives and in our church and our community. We've been talking about this, uh, amen, seems like for a while now, but I'm still, I mean, I'm not going to get off of it, amen, because I'm not going to let the devil win, uh, amen? We are going to move forward, amen? We are going to see breakthrough. We are going to see revival. We are going to see, amen, people saved and delivered and set free. I believe that. But in order to do that, we got to get the recipe right. Amen. So, you know, amen, this morning we're going to talk about this idea of God's, amen, recipe, amen, for revival. And I want to say this, amen, this morning. You understand as we talked about, you know, that family recipe, you got to get everything there just right. And the same thing is true with true revival. And I'm going to say, you know, for me, you know, it can happen this way, but revival is not just, you know, five services in a row at night. You start at 7 o'clock, and you bring in somebody from the outside, right? And they preach, and, and you call that a revival. That's great, and that's wonderful, and those kind of things happen, and God can move in those ways. I'm talking about revival that begins with us as individuals, that, that begins in a prayer closet that begins at home, that begins uh, at an altar in church, that begins, uh, amen, in our lives that say, you know what, I'm tired, uh, amen, of just going through the same old thing day after day after day. I mean, I'm tired of seeing the devil, amen, war against my family and those kind of things day after day after day. I mean, I'm ready for something different. I'm ready to take the next step, amen, in him, amen. I'm talking about a revival to say, amen, that which once was dead is now alive, amen. Those things, uh, amen, that, uh, amen, we've set to the side, uh, amen, that we've moved away from, uh, amen, now we're bringing them back again, and we're beginning to revive those things again. I'm talking about, uh, amen, a move of God, uh, amen, that will draw sinners uh, into the house of God to be saved, amen, amen, to be delivered. I'm talking about a revival, amen, where, where healings, uh, amen, can take place. Why? Amen, because there's a move of God going on in our hearts and in our lives individually. But in order to do that, we've got to get the ingredients right. Let me ask you this. Is it possible that we're guilty? I'm not saying we. I'm saying we, the whole church, okay? <laughs> Nobody take it personal this morning. 
Is it possible that we are guilty of changing the recipe and therefore changing the outcome? Are we trying to rush what takes time and patience? You know, you got to get it just right. You cook that, amen, thing. It's got to cook at the right temperature. It's got to cook quick. You can't speed it up. If you do, you make a mess of it, won't you? Amen. It won't turn out quite the same. Amen. The same thing is true, amen, with the Lord. Are we substituting our ideas for God's proven ingredients? See, I think there's a complacency that slipped into the church. I've seen it in my lifetime. I know some of you have as well. We say we want revival. We say we want a move of God. But if we want to see a move of God, then we've got to return to God's ways. And we've got to do it in the way that God has laid it out for us. And so if we want to truly experience revival, we must return to the recipe God has given us. And I believe he's given that to us in 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, amen, turn there with me this morning. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Very familiar scripture. I know many of you know it, probably can quote it. I may have quoted it since we've been here. I don't know. I can't remember sometimes what I say and what I don't say. <laughs> amen, we're preaching. But, uh, amen, this is one of those verses I think we all know. We're going to talk through it, amen, a little bit this morning. Second Chronicles chapter number 7, amen, verse number 14. And the Bible says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, in that particular verse right there, just one verse out of, out of the Bible there, is, I believe, what is God's recipe, amen, for revival in our life. And amen. in this recipe, there's four ingredients. That's it. That's all we got to remember, four things. Amen. Sometimes you get these recipes and you got, amen, a hundred different things you got to mix in there and you got to get the right volume. Amen. God made it easy for us. Amen. If you can remember four things this morning, amen, you can remember his recipe, amen, for revival. So, uh, amen. If, and, and here's what I want to say. If we're missing any, here's the thing. You got to have all four. Amen. And if we don't, if one of those is missing, amen, it's not going to work and it's not going to happen. Amen. So I want to talk through these, amen, four things this morning. First of all, amen, the first ingredient we need for revival is humility. Humility. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Starts with humility. What do we do when we started our study of the Beatitudes, the first Beatitude? Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of of God. We said, you know, that poverty of spirit, that poorness, amen, of spirit, amen, is, is uh, amen, recognizing and knowing, amen, that we, amen, can bring nothing on our own. That we are totally 100% dependent upon God for everything that we have need of. Amen. That there is, uh, amen, a, a, a place that we have to come to to realize, uh, amen, that we don't need, uh, amen, pride, amen, to rule in our lives. Because pride is the opposite of humility, right? The Bible says, uh, pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We know, amen, if we try to mix pride in, uh, amen, with what God is wanting to do in our lives, amen, it will not work. It will ruin the recipe right off the bat. Pride is the wrong ingredient for revival. Pride will stop revival before it ever gets started. Amen. I know this is the quiet time, so y'all just, amen, buckle up, amen, just for a second. We'll be through it. Pride makes us judgmental instead of forgiving. 
Pride makes us self-sufficient instead of God-dependent. Pride hurts others instead of helping others. Pride is all about serving me, but true humility is all about serving the greater good of what God wants to do in my life. Amen. So you can see very quickly, amen, how, amen, it seems very simple to say, amen, that, uh, amen, the first ingredient in God's recipe is humility, amen, but I'm here to tell you, amen, it's not always easy sometimes, uh, amen, to keep pride out of the way in my life, amen, I fight it just like everybody else does. Amen. And so we've got to be in a place, amen, where we have true humility in our lives. True humility is found when we move to, uh, amen, it's found when we move to the end of ourselves. When we reach the end of ourselves and we realize that we are totally 100%, amen, dependent upon God for everything that we have need of, uh, amen, that's when we reach a place of true humility in Him. True revival will not come through programs. It might get quiet again. It's okay. True, humili- true humility and true revival will not come through a program. Programs are great. They ain't where revival, they ain't, that's not in the recipe. Come on, we're going to get through all of them. True revival will not come through a bigger and a better building. Amen. True revival will not come from the next innovative idea. Those things are great. Programs are wonderful. Buildings are great. We got to have them. Thank God for an air conditioner. Amen. This morning we had an air conditioned building to come to. Thank God for beautiful pews and soft, uh, amen, cushions that we can sit on and be comfortable, amen, in the house of God. Amen. But revival will not come, uh, amen, if we tear this building down and build it bigger. Revival will not come, uh, amen, if we come up with the next great innovative idea, amen, in the evangelical Christian community, amen, that no other church is doing this great grand idea. It won't come necessarily through those things, uh, amen. It will come, uh, amen, when we humble ourselves down, uh, amen, before a mighty and a holy, uh, amen, God, uh, and say, I'm willing, God, to be totally 100%, uh, amen, dependent upon you and what you want to do in our lives. The Bible says in James 4 and 10, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will exalt you in due time. See, if we try to do it ourselves, what ends up happening is we put pride in the way. But if we humble ourselves before God, amen, that that thing that we want to attain to, that pride is driving us to, we'll attain it, but not through pride, through humility. Because when we come before God humbly, truly humbly, amen, the Bible says he'll exalt us to that place where he wants us in due time, and he'll get us, amen, where we need to be. Step number one, ingredient number one, amen, humility. Number two is prayer. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. I think we all agree that there's power in prayer. I think we could all agree that we've seen God answer prayer for us in our lives. Uh, I think uh, if you can't, uh, amen, talk with me after service, amen, and we'll, uh, amen, we'll, we'll get you to the place, amen, where God, amen, uh, can, can begin to answer your prayer. I think we could probably help you recognize where God's answers prayers, and maybe we don't recognize it, amen, the way that we should. But God has answered our prayers. The Bible tells us in James 5 and 16, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In other words, 
Amen. The effectual, what, it, what ends up happening is the fervent prayer is effectual in a man's life and a woman's life who is righteous, amen, holy before God, amen, and it will accomplish, amen, something. When we pray to God, amen, we know we can get the answer, amen, that we're praying for. The question that we have to ask ourselves, and the question I want to ask you this morning is, do we pray enough? Do we pray enough? Um, I will answer for me. The answer is no. I do not pray enough. Amen. I don't think you can pray enough. Amen. The Bible says pray without ceasing, without stopping. Amen. Have there been moments, Brother Tony, in your life over the last... Amen. Several months or whatever the case may be. Amen. Where, uh, amen. Where you've been, amen. A little bit weak in your faith. Amen. And you've been in moments where uh, you didn't have the faith that you needed for yourself or for your wife or for your family or for anybody else. Amen. Have there been moments, uh, amen, where we could have been on our knees praying and seeking God because uh, prayer was what was going to answer the thing. Uh, amen. But we were down and we were, uh, amen, in a place, amen, where we didn't feel like we had the strength and we had the faith, amen, to reach out to God for those things. Are there moments, uh, amen, that I can tell you? amen that I've been there and I've done that and I've bought the t-shirt and I've worn it uh, I wore it out and had to buy a second one yes I've been there I've been in those moments so I know what it's like. I know what it feels like sometimes to not even have the faith, uh, amen, to reach out to God and pray, amen, for my own need or for my wife or for my family or for, amen, uh, anybody else for that matter sometimes, amen. When the devil comes in like a flood, uh, amen, every once in a while my faith gets a little weak, uh, amen, but I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, amen, there is still power in prayer and God will still answer us, uh, amen, when we come to him with that effectual fervent prayer that we're talking about. Do we pray enough? Huh. Hey, man. Tap the laugh at me by sharing this. Hey, man, there's this whole song. I pick at her about it sometimes. Are you praying hard or are you hardly praying? Come on. It's a good question to ask. Are you praying hard or are you hardly praying? Amen. It's a, something we need to think about, amen, in our lives. Amen. Where are we with our prayer life Amen, with God. I mean, what prayer, amen, sometimes is to us, I'm afraid. Prayer becomes our last resort instead of our first choice. And that's not the kind of prayer that God's talking about in this recipe. Amen, he's talking about powerful prayer. He's talking about persistent prayer. He's talking about making this place, this house, a house of prayer. You remember Jesus Amen. Uh, the one, you know, some people don't like talking about this particular story in the Bible because they don't like thinking about Jesus in this way. He got so mad at what was going on in the church and temple. He made a whip out of cords and he started beating people and whipping them out of the church because he said, Amen, this house, my, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer and you've made it a den of thieves. He got so angry. Amen. At what was going on in the church that he literally beat people and drove them out of the temple. Now, a lot of people like to overlook that part and say, well, that's, you know, Jesus is supposed to be just like, you know, like it's the 1970s, he's got bell bottoms on and a flower in his hair, and he's just tiptoeing through the tulips, and he's just that kind of Jesus, like, hey, bro, what's up, man? No, that ain't my Jesus. 
Go read the book of Revelation if you don't believe me. Amen. The Bible says uh, his hair is white, the whitest white you've ever seen. He's got eyes of fire, feet like brass. Amen. He's coming with a sword proceeding out of his mouth. Amen. I'm not serving, amen, a weak, uh, amen, Jesus. I'm not serving 1970s, uh, amen, bell-bottom Jesus. Uh, amen. I'm serving a Jesus uh, that is King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, amen. And he says, uh, amen, this house, uh, his house, uh, his church uh, is to be a house of prayer. It's to be a place, amen, where we touch heaven. It's to be a place where we come together and worship and sing the songs, uh, amen, to, to, to stir up our hearts and our lives, uh, amen, to go after him, amen, as we get into worship uh, and we get into praise. Uh, it opens up, amen, the spiritual realm in our lives, amen, to receive the word of God, uh, amen, to come to the altar and receive a blessing, uh, amen, from prayer, amen, in him. It's to be a place, uh, amen, where he is worshiped. Not a place where we, amen, are exalted. Come on. Amen. I got to preach it. Y'all got to listen to it. It's okay. Hallelujah. Revival is not found in a place. It is found in a position. That position is the posture of prayer. The song, I think I've mentioned this before, I mean, the, the words of this song say this, the only way we'll ever stand is on our knees with lifted hands. Amen. You want to show me somebody and get on their knees and pray and seek God? <laughs> amen. I'll show you somebody that's strong in their faith and somebody that loves, uh, amen, the Lord and wants to see a move of God. Amen. And it's not this. Uh, Kelly's talked about this before, and I agree with him 100% wholeheartedly. It's not memorized prayers. That's not the kind of prayers we're talking about. Those are fine. We do that. Kids do it. I mean, we got you know good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat. I mean, I got that one, right? I mean, we finally got the thing. I got to get it hung up. I mean, I got the bell that Granny used to have hanging over the, hanging over the bar in the kitchen. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not those prayers that we just, amen, repeat. I mean, it's not those things that's just memorized or even empty. Sometimes we can get in a, in a rut where we just pray the same thing and we pray the same way and we don't really, amen, put really any effort into it necessarily, to be honest with you. Amen, I get caught up in that every once in a while. I got to shake myself say, hey, wait up just a minute, you know. Uh, amen, I got a format that I like to pray in. Amen, and I, I use the format that Jesus gave us. Uh, amen, uh, when you say this, say, Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. What do we do? We start out with praise. We start out with thanking God for who he is. Uh, amen. And recognizing, amen, who he is. Amen. We ask God for our daily bread. Uh, we ask God to forgive us of our sins. Amen. We ask God, amen, to do all these things. And at the end, we recognize, uh, amen, that he is sovereign Lord over everything. Now I'm be the power of the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. So I got a way and a pattern, amen, that I pray. But if I pray, but if I come in here, amen, and begin to pray, amen, just repetitive prayers over and over and over and over again, they're empty. They're void. <laughs> of power. They're void of, of fervency. I don't even know if that's the word, but I'm just using that word fervent, amen, out of James 5, 16. Amen. They're void of any fire or passion, amen, in my life. Uh, and that's not the kind of prayer that we're talking about, uh, amen, here today. Amen. Thank, uh, thank God for our Catholic brothers and sisters, amen. But those, uh, all those Hail Marys, amen, you can repeat them all you want to repeat them. If there's no faith, there's no power. I say, if there's no faith, there's no answer. <laughs> Amen. God is looking for us to come to Him and pray and pour out our heart to Him. 
I mean, sometimes we can't. I know. Hey, man, things come up in your in your life, and you go to mama, and you and you just pour out your heart to mama, and say, Mama, this is going on. I need you to. I mean, I need help with this, or I need prayer with this, or uh, I can't get this problem in school. I mean, I need help with this, and you go to her and say, Mama, I need help. Hey, man, and that's how we should be with God, brother John. We should be in a place where we say, you know what? Uh, amen, God, I, I'm, in, I need, I'm in need of help. Uh, amen, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, amen, uh, I'm not going to sit around and just, you know, feel sorry for myself and wonder when God's going to answer. Amen, I got, I got a heavenly father that's got it all. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He owns the hills them cattle are walking on. And he owns the taters under them hills. He's got it all. If there's any gold in that hill, it's his too. He's got everything that we have need of. But he says, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we think God's just going to dump it in our lap, right? But uh, God's just sitting there waiting for us sometimes to ask. I can tell you what, if my kids come and ask me for something, and it's, in, it's in, within my power to be able to do it, and it's something that's good for them, it's not something that's going to harm them, if it's not... And I feel, I feel like it's the right thing. If my kids come and ask me, Daddy, will you make me a grilled cheese sandwich? If I got a loaf of bread and a piece of cheese, you better believe Daddy's going to make them a grilled cheese sandwich. And if not, I'm going to run to Walmart and probably get the stuff to do it. Amen. Jesus said, you know, if, you're, if your kids come and ask you for bread, are you going to give them a stone? No. If they come and ask you for something good, are you going to give them something bad? No. They ask for an egg, I think he says. Are you going to give them a scorpion? No. Why? Because we love our children. And we know what's good for them. And we want to give them what they ask for. Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly Father give you good things when you ask Him? But He's waiting on us to ask. I, I, I got stuck there. I'll move on. Amen. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Amen, unto us. But powerful prayers, amen, have to come out of the heart. Some of the most powerful prayers, amen, that I've heard prayed is when somebody was broken, amen, tears flowing down their face, amen, because they wasn't worried about if they got the words just right. They wasn't worried about if people were listening to say, amen, that was, you know, that didn't really make a whole, you know, that sentence that they said there in that prayer, you know, it wasn't, didn't have the correct grammar and punctuation, uh, it seems like they, they ain't worried about that. They're worried about having a conversation with God, our Heavenly Father. Amen. And you can talk to Him like He's your daddy. Did you know that? Some people get twisted up with that. Amen. But, uh, amen. It, Abba, Father. You know what Abba means? Daddy. He's our Father. He's our loving Father. And we can go to him when we need, uh, amen, something in our lives. And we can ask for him. And sometimes, uh, amen, Father God is going to say, you don't need that. Sometimes he's going to say, mm, you might need that, but you don't need that right now. And sometimes God is going to say, you know what, I've just been waiting for you to ask. Here you go. I've had it ready all along. Amen. But it's those powerful prayers Amen. But it, I'm gonna tell you, it's gotta be, it's gotta be more than than two or three minutes in a church service on Sunday morning. I'm talking to me just like I'm talking to you. Amen. I've got to spend time in my prayer closet. Amen. Tepta's got all kinds of stuff. I can't hardly fit in our prayer closet. <laughs> Brother Ben. Amen. I'm a little bigger than she is. 
Amen. She's got a, we ain't got a very big closet to start with. Amen. And she's got a desk and a chair and all kind of stuff in there. And I've got, I've got things in there and uh, it's filled up. Amen. So I kind of have to get in and kind of turn around and pull the chair out and kind of squeeze in under it. Amen. To get in there. So it's not always the most comfortable thing for me. It ain't got to be a specific place. It can be. I remember dad, uh, when we lived up in Bratt, uh, if I remember correctly, he had a place back in the back side of the property. You go back behind the garden, you take a right, and you come around the corner there going down toward the, uh, toward the bottom. Um, and uh, there was a little bit of a clearing there. Uh, and there was, a, if I remember correctly, it was a dogwood tree. And he made himself an altar under that dogwood tree. You know, and I'd see dad every once in a while, you know, not every once in a while, but quite often, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he'd be walking that way, and I'm like, where is he going? Oh, he's going, to his, he's going to his dogwood tree. He's going to his altar. He's going to his place of prayer, you know. And 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour later, whatever the case was, he came walking back. Amen. He, he had a place where he prayed. He had a place where he talked to God. It might be a closet. It might be your couch. For me, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it might be the RV sometimes because I can get away and it's just a place where I can be alone, amen. Sometimes it's driving down the road, uh, amen, to work, amen. Sometimes, uh, amen, it's in various places, amen, but it's a time that we take and say, you know what, God, uh, amen, the most important thing, amen, right now is talking to you and have a conversation with you. <laughs> Amen. I can sit here and we can talk about the problems and we can talk about situations and we can talk about uh, the storms and we can talk about COVID and we can talk about Iran and we can talk about Afghanistan and we can talk about Korea and we can talk about, I mean, all the problems that are going on in the world. It won't solve anything. We'll think we'll solve. Sometimes we can talk through stuff and, man, we just solved the world. We, talk, <laughs> we just solved the world's problems. No, you didn't. Amen. You might feel better about it, but you didn't solve it. Amen. But we can talk to one that can solve it. Amen. And when all the other stuff is going on, if it's those things God says, I'm not solving that thing right now. I got this going on for a purpose. Then he gives us the strength and the ability to get through what we're going through. Make it through the trial. Sometimes, there's a little song, sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes it, you know, sometimes God doesn't move the mountain out of the way. You know, we say that. If I had faith as of a grain of mustard, you speak to the mountain, the mountain's got to get up and move. But God doesn't always move the mountain. Sometimes God puts the mountain in the way for a reason. Sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes it takes a troubled sea. Amen. Sometimes it takes, uh, amen, what I'm going through to get a hold of me. God's trying to get something done in my life. God's trying to build a fire in my spirit. God's trying to build revival in my life, amen, to go after him. If nobody else goes after revival, he's trying to get me to go after revival, amen, to go to a place, amen, those things that once were dead in my life, he can bring them back to life again in him. It's going to come through powerful prayer. Let me, let me encourage you with this. I'll move on. Go to God in prayer. Don't stop until God sends the breakthrough that you're seeking. That's persistent prayer. It's not just praying one time, amen, and saying, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, it's persistent prayer, going back to God time after time after time, amen, and asking him until the answer comes. If the answer is no, the answer is no. If the answer is later, then the answer is later. If the answer is right now, then the answer is right now. But whatever the answer is, pray until God gives you that answer. Number three. It's hunger. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seek my face. It's about hunger. It's about thirsting after righteousness. We've talked about that on Wednesday nights. 
I don't remember the exact verse, amen, but uh, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Ain't nothing better, I can tell you, ain't nothing better than sitting down at a Thanksgiving table or, amen, or sitting down on a Sunday uh, afternoon meal. We used to have those all the time. We don't do that much anymore, but used to, amen, they cooked up some fried chicken and some collard greens and some peas and cornbread, and, amen, you just sat down at the table, amen, Brother John, and it was good, amen. And it, you, you could smell it cooking. Hey, man, mama working in there trying to get them chicken and dumplings done. Hope big mama ain't cooking chitlins. Hey, man, I don't want to smell that. Hmm. No, ma'am. Thank you for everything else, but I'll, not, I'll pass on that. <laughs> Woo, no, sir. Hey, man, but you know what I'm talking about? You can smell it cooking. Woo, and your mouth starts watering. <laughs> You start thinking about, amen, what is it going to be like? What is it going to taste like? Amen, granny been slaving in there, amen, over that cornbread dressing on Thanksgiving, uh, amen, with the cranberry sauce, amen, the turkey's in the oven, uh, here comes a ham, amen, as well, amen, we got everything, uh, amen, that you need, uh, mountain mama mudslide pie, amen, getting ready in the refrigerator, uh, amen, cooling down, amen, I get a little bit hungry, amen, just thinking about it right now, I don't know what I'm eating for lunch, but I tell you, I'm eating something, uh, amen, after this, uh, amen, when we get to the place, uh, where we hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God uh, in that way. God can really start to do some things in our lives. When I start anticipating coming to church on Sunday morning and going, Woo, the Lord is going to send, uh, amen, something, uh, amen, in our midst and He's going to touch my life. I got an anticipation uh, of what's going to take place. I start to get hungry and thirsty, amen, after the things of God. Amen. When I get excited about coming on Wednesday night and saying, "Woo, uh, amen, just to be able to, amen, have fellowship with one another, amen, and talk about the Word of God, uh, amen, I'm hungering, I'm thirsting after what God wants to do in our lives, amen, that's the ingredient that God wants in His recipe for revival. Amen. To hunger and thirst after Him and His righteousness. To say, you know what, this is the most important thing in my life. Amen. Following this, praying to God, living for Him. When we do that, amen, I believe, amen, that's the recipe for revival in our lives. Number four is repentance. Maybe we should have did this one first. Oh, well. If my people, which are called, I didn't write the verse, so. Not my choice. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Man, I can get, all, I can get on board with one, two, and three. <laughs> Humility, uh, that one stings a little bit, but, uh, you know, I can work through that one. Got to get pride out of Yeah, I know. I got to get pride out of the way. But pray, mm, yeah, man, I can get down. Let's pray. Let's seek God's, ooh, let's get hungry and thirsty for God. <laughs> and then let's repent. And we go, huh? You, you said what, God? <laughs> Repentance. I believe repentance is the most underutilized ingredient in the recipe for revival. I'm going to say that again because it was good. I believe repentance is the most underutilized ingredient. Now, if you're going to cook, here's, here's what I'm going to say. If you're going to cook, just go ahead and cook. And there's certain things, hey, man, I want salt on that thing. 
I know some people can't eat salt, and God, God bless you. I hope he heals you of that. <laughs> amen. But I, some things, if I didn't have salt on it, <laughs> amen, I can't do it. <laughs> mama had to make uh, Brussels. She made me eat Brussels sprouts. Anybody's mama ever make them eat Brussels sprouts? McKenna, you got to eat those things? You love them? Okay. Well, I didn't. But mama figured out if she took a piece of cheese, amen, the square cheese in the, in the plastic wrapper, and put it over them Brussels sprouts and melt it. Hey Amen. That little Tony would eat his Brussels sprouts. Come on. Hey Amen. Maybe there's some things for you. Another one's liver. I don't know if anybody in here eats liver, but I don't want, I don't want to see it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to smell it when it's cooking. Hey Amen. Even Kelly's saying that. I mean, praise God. He'll eat a chitlin, but he ain't eating a liver. <laughs> Amen. Fry it good enough, I'll probably eat one too. Amen. But you know what I'm talking about? Amen. It's got to have the right stuff in there. And if we don't have, amen, repentance in this, in this recipe for revival, these four things, if you take repentance out, there is no revival. Nobody's going to partake in it. It's not going to move anything in your life. I don't know why God chose to put this last in this four, but maybe he did it for a reason. Maybe it's, amen, one of the most important things that we could add into this recipe today. Some churches have completely removed the word repentance from their vocabulary. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Brother Ben said the other day, you know what? You know, sometimes, you know, you flip on the TV and you got that televangelist on there. And he's preaching and for a while he sounds good, but then all of a sudden he says something and you go, huh? All you do is reach up there with a remote and go click and flip it to another one. <laughs> Amen. I'm here to tell you, hey man, there's a lot of this going on today, and that's what I do. Amen. Those kind of things that are going on, I mean, I just tune it out. Amen. Because we've got to have repentance uh, in there. Other churches, they've tried to change what repentance, amen, is really all about. They try to lessen the, the offense of repentance. So you say repent you, and repent. You know, repent, preaching on repentance don't get the tithes to go up. Come on. Preaching on repentance won't make the numbers go up on attendance. Amen. But preaching repentance will start the fire of revival. And you won't have to worry about the tithes. And you won't have to worry about the numbers. Because when God starts moving, and it's a true move of God, amen, he will set things uh, in order just like he wants them in order. Amen. They've tried to change the meaning. It's treated as legalism. It said that repentance is simply changing the way you think. And there's a component of that. But if you want to, amen, change the recipe of repentance, you're going to change the outcome. If we remove repentance from the recipe, there will be no revival. Repentance is not legalism. It's, a, it's an act of grace. It's a work of grace. It's not simply just changing the way that we think. There's a component of that. It's part of it. But it is turning away from sin and turning toward and pursuing the righteousness of God. That's really what repentance is. Repentance says I'm going this way and I'm chasing this thing. And I go, nope, I'm rejecting that and I'm going toward God. You turn around and go to the complete opposite direction. That's what repentance is. Repentance is, is not, uh, as Dikembe Mutombo said, my bad. 
and just keep doing it over and over and over again. Repentance is saying, amen, I don't want this sin in my life anymore because it is hurtful to God and, uh, amen, it hinders my relationship with him. So I want to turn away from it. Uh, amen, I'm going to repent of it. I'm going to change the way that I think and I'm going to change the way that I act and I'm going to change the way, amen, that I do things because I want to please him. Not because it's legalism. Not because if... You know, uh, i got to do these things in order to be saved, but I do these things because I am saved and Christ has been in my life. So here's a conclusion this morning. What I believe is a recipe for revival, and I'm going to give it to you in order. A little bit different order. Amen. Start with humility. Humble yourself before God. Once you've got humility mixed in, once you've got it started... Mix in a little bit of repentance. Let me take that back. Just go ahead and mix in a lot of repentance. In fact, there's really no measuring cup needed for these ingredients. Amen. What God is asking us to do is give all that we have. Once you've mixed in repentance, stir in a little bit of hunger and thirsting after righteousness. Seek His face. Amen. When you've got that to a point... And add in prayer. Begin to pray and seek God. Prayer is like the oven. You mixed all those ingredients together. Amen. You've got all the stuff there ready to make a cake. But until you put it in the fire, until you put it in the oven, amen, it's just going to be a cake batter. But you put it in the fire and it transforms and it changes. Now, we used to eat cake batter when I was growing up. You lick the bowls and you lick, they can't, they don't let us do that anymore because it's got raw eggs in it and it'll kill you or it'll hurt you or make you sick. I don't know what it does, but it never did that to me when I did it. Amen. Give me them some of them good old yard eggs. I ain't worried about it. Amen. You got it all mixed together, amen, and you put it in the oven, you put it in the fire. It changes, it transforms into something, amen, that is useful, something that is good. Amen. Amen. I'm getting, I'm salivating right now. Where's lunch? I don't know. Amen. But it is. I mean, prayer is that way. Prayer is, prayer's the oven. Prayer's the fire. Prayer is what's going to transform us and change us into the place where God's revival comes into our hearts. Amen. In a place where, amen, we start to see God begin to move in a mighty way in our church, in our lives individually, in our community. I believe it. Don't give up. Amen. Stand on his word. When you've done all, stand. Ephesians chapter number 6 tells us that. Amen. Uh, when the devil's throwing everything at you and he's warring against you, and he said when you've done everything else that you can do, stand. And you can stand on God's word. You can stand on his promises. And if we'll do this, if we'll follow the recipe that God has laid out for us, amen, I believe we're going to see revival come. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know who it's going to happen through. But I know this, amen, God has given me some promises, and I'm going to stand on them. And I ain't giving up on this because Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. Planet earth will be destroyed. The moon will be no more. The sun will burn up. The elements will melt with fervent heat, the Bible says. 
this universe that we see out there, look up at the stars at night. One day all that's going to be done away with, but this will never be done away with. So you want to stand on something that's going to last forever and it's going to get you through what you're going through and not only get you through what you're going through, but it's going to get you to eternity in heaven with him. Don't stand on anything else. Stand on his word. Amen. Let's get the recipe for revival right. Amen. Let's just get humility and repentance and hunger and thirsting after righteousness and prayer in our lives in the way that it should be. Let's open up those prayer closets. Let's find, let's build one. Amen. Maybe you got a dogwood tree or a, a whatever, sycamore. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I forgot to call you back and tell you, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that was sweet gum. But I don't know for sure. It's up the hill. We ain't got to worry about it no more. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. Man, three words. Amen, but three of the most powerful words that you could ever speak. Because when we say, help me, Lord, we're calling on the king of the universe. And I always say this, when we say help, help is on the way. I believe that. Stand with me this morning if you're able to stand. I want to encourage you this morning. It may not feel like things are encouraging right now, but I'm, I'm here to encourage you and tell you they are. Amen. I told you last week, amen, the, the, uh, the, the assistant, if you want to call it that, for Elisha, Gehazi, I believe was his name. Amen. He couldn't see the goodness of God that was surrounding him. Prophet said, God open his eyes that he may see it. Amen. I, I'm telling you, God has opened my eyes to some things. Amen. And when Tath and I had our little prayer meeting yesterday, amen, I felt some things begin to, to shake in the heavenly realms in my life. I can tell you that. Amen. I've seen some. Let me just say this. I'll, I'll close. I believe some of a lot of the things, I won't say all of it, but I believe a lot of the things that we've been fighting and that you've been fighting here recently is demonic. Now this might get me kicked off YouTube. I'm not on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> I'm not on Facebook, so they can't kick me off of that. I totally believe COVID-19 is demonic. It's demonic. Amen. It might have been made in a lab somewhere. Amen. But the devil is using it. He's using it to war against the church. He's, war, he's using it to war against our minds. I mean, he's using it to try to erode our faith. But I'm here to tell you, I told Tapta this yesterday as we were praying. The devil has no power, no authority, no nothing. He has no title deed to anything to do anything that he's wanting to do in our lives. Nothing. Jesus took all that. Jesus has the title deed. Jesus has the keys. So all we got to do is stand on his word. Is stand on his promises. You know what his word says? 
Word says he'll never leave you or forsake you. His word says when the enemy comes like in like a flood, he'll raise up a standard against him. The Bible says, amen, that not a weapon is formed against us shall prosper. The Bible says that if we pray, he hears our prayers. The Bible says if we pray the prayer of faith, amen, he'll heal our bodies. The Bible says, uh, amen, if we'll get the recipe for revival right, revival will break out in our heart. When revival breaks out, it's like a fire. It's like a wildfire. They got wildfires going out in the west right now, right? All it takes one spark, one lightning strike, one match thrown out, one garbage fire that gets away. One little ember that gets off the fire, amen, and lands in the woods. And next thing you know, thousands of acres are burning. The move of God is the same way. One person, one spark, one heart.